Hey everybody, welcome back to the Seeking Refuge podcast. <clears throat> it's good to uh, it's good to get back to our Bible study here on uh, spiritual warfare. And uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Boy, it's hot outside. It's a hot day, and uh, but I guess it is summertime, so uh, it's known to be hot in summertime. And uh, so I don't necessarily think it's uh, climate change and global warming. I think it's just July, and wherever you're at in July, it's probably hot there. So. I hope you're staying cool and out of the heat. Um, you know, on those hot days, I really am thankful I'm saved because hell is a whole lot hotter, and uh, I'm glad that I don't have to worry about that. But anyway, we're in we're 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 deep into our study, and we're going to get right to it today because we got a lot to go over. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter six. We're going to be talking about the believers' resources for spiritual warfare. We just had. Uh, friend of mine brother Dwayne on the podcast sharing his testimony we're starting to talk about the believers resources we've already gone over the things that the devil does and now we're going over how we defend ourselves and how we fight back in the spiritual warfare um and uh, I tell you what I enjoyed having testimony from somebody on the podcast and I am going to be working to get many other people um, including some women. I think it's important. Uh, would love to have Brother Dwayne's wife on, Lisa, and uh, I'd love to have my wife on, Tia, and uh, there, there's quite a few others. So be, be uh, looking forward to these. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for the growth of the podcast, for people tuning in every week, and um, you know, I don't take it for granted. It's uh, It's just one of those things. In the podcast world, there's thousands upon thousands of people you can choose to listen to every week there's nothing really all that exciting I'm just uh, about mine I'm just a regular guy I do most of these from inside of my truck I'm a truck driver for a living um, it's probably pretty boring compared to what some of the other uh, things are uh, being published out there in the social media world but <clears throat> but I'm thankful that people are going to do these studies with me and I'm thankful for those that have been faithful with it and have listened to every episode I've put on, and um, it means a lot. It's a big encouragement, and I thank you for that. I am praying for all of you. Keep praying for me. We're in a spiritual fight right now, I think maybe more than ever before, at least in my life, and uh, we got to stand for truth, and we got to stand for what's right, and uh, I don't want to waste much more time today. I want to pray in and uh, and uh, get right to this study. Uh, remember, key verse for the podcast i will say of the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god in him will i trust that's psalm 91 verse 2 this is the seeking refuge podcast where we come together seeking refuge from the world in god's unchanging word i'm brother brian if you haven't uh, tuned in before thank you for listening i hope to be a blessing to you um we're just doing in-depth bible studies putting a lot of scripture out there and strengthening our faith with one another uh, through this podcast. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this podcast. What a good resource we have um, because we can listen to it while we're at the gym, while we're in the car, whatever we're doing. Maybe even at work if it doesn't take you away from your job responsibilities. Um, but you know, it's good. It's good to be constantly feeding ourselves and feeding our spirit with the things of God. Amen. It's the only way we can really walk our Christian life uh, on a daily basis. Um, 
the way that we're supposed to. So let's pray and then we'll get into Ephesians chapter 6 today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day, for the podcast, and for the lessons that you've given us, the things that you've laid upon my heart, Lord. I thank you for just leading us, guiding us, directing us, Lord, and giving us what we need in your word to be able to stand against the attacks of our enemy and also to be able to defend ourselves spiritually and Lord to have victory in our Christian lives we really cannot do it without you I pray for this lesson today Lord that you'll use me that you'll give me the words that you'll uh, bless the reading and teaching of your word strengthen our hearts Lord prepare us for battle Lord and uh, equip us Lord with everything we need to live the way you would want us to live so that we can glorify you in our lives Lord it's all about you Jesus we thank you for dying for our sins thank you for blessing us the way that you do and we're never alone we're never forsaken no matter what we're going through you're always there with us and 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 by us by our side and, and always holding our hand to bring us through Help us, Lord. Bless everyone that's listening to the podcast today. Um, You know all their needs. You know every struggle, every burden that they have, Lord. And uh, I just pray for all of them, Lord, that you'll touch those individual needs, lift burdens, um, break chains, Lord. Just deliverance, strength, encouragement, whatever the need is, Lord. We ask that you'll meet it. Meet with us today in this study, Lord. And... um, guide guide this lesson um, in a way that's pleasing to you. We turn this time over to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And the scripture reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching, excuse me, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There it is. We're getting right down to the meat of spiritual warfare, right down to you know everything we need for battle. Um, the, the, all of our resources all summed up in one in one um, Bible passage. 
So, right now, picture yourself, and you may be in battle today. You may be listening, and you may be in a spiritual battle right now. You may be fighting against things maybe other people don't know about. Um, maybe you haven't gone to anyone at your church about it. Maybe you don't want attention for the things that you're dealing with. But right now, place yourself at the front line of combat, the front line of the fighting. We need to understand something. We have an enemy. Our enemy is the devil. This passage tells us plainly that he is an enemy. The Bible tells us very thoroughly he seeks to destroy us. He'll even seek to kill us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. He's a deceiver. He deceives people, and then he uses them against other people. Um, he's out to destroy the church. He's out to destroy the works of God. He's out to destroy marriages. He's out to destroy families. He's out to destroy children. He is a destroyer. He is an accuser. He wants to destroy your reputation. He wants to destroy your joy. He wants to destroy your willingness to serve God. He wants to destroy your fellowship within your church. He wants to destroy the man of God in the pulpit. He wants to destroy the toddler in the nursery. Satan is a ruthless enemy. He's not to be underestimated. He is our enemy. Now listen to this. Think in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that she may be able to do what? Stand against what? The wiles, the schemes, the schematics, the, the, the craftiness. Remember the beginning of the series. The weapons that he has formed against us. The ways of the devil. The attacks of the devil. The plans of the devil. If you've got the whole armor of God on in your life, you will be able to stand against these things. Verse 12. We'll get right into the front line of battle. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Think about that. Principalities. Um, we can look at this in a lot of ways. However, I think about this, I think about it like ranks. Alright? Just as any army has ranks. At the top of the ranks, you have generals. Underneath, you have officers. At the bottom, you have privates. You've got those that are serving in the infantry, doing the footwork, doing the dirty work. You have, um, in the world, you think about it, we've got world rulers. We've got uh, humans out doing the dirty work of the devil on a very uh, ground level, dealing with everyday people in society. You think about somebody who's addicted to drugs, stuck in an urban environment, inner city, poverty, in the traps. They call it the traps. Um, you know, in the in the rehabs, um, on street level, those are just everyday people that Satan has 
gotten a hold of um, potential demon possession, probable demon possession, um, and I believe in the embodiment possession. Uh, if you are an unbeliever and you're meddling with things, drugs, for example, the word for uh, sorcery, witchcraft, pharmacia. Um, so its roots, you know, drug drug use is rooted in witchcraft. Um, and so you, you're, you're conjuring, you're playing with spiritual influences. You're opening yourself up to spiritual influences. And if you're not saved, you're not sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You don't have Jesus in your life. You're susceptible to demonic possession, especially if you're playing around with drugs and stuff. And people can get embodied by demon spirits. And it's not like what you see on the movie Exorcist. Not that I don't believe that that kind of stuff can't happen either. Um, but you know, it's not a priest splashing water and praying in Latin is going to cast a demon out. Um, it just it comes in different shapes and sizes. But principalities, just think about this. Think about Daniel um, chapter 10 and chapter 11. I want you to read those two chapters. That's homework. Principalities could be a reference to Satan's generals. Um, in this sense, they would have oversight of an entire nation. So, um, somebody with the ability to dictate and influence code, law, ordinance over an entire nation, that's principalities. Um, what's happening between Russia and Ukraine right now is a matter of principalities, What's happening with America's inflation right now is a matter of principalities. Um, whether to have domestic oil, whether to depend on foreign oil, um, to push through um, a, a renewable um, energy agenda. And, and I'm not going political in this at all. I'm just saying that the principalities has to deal a lot with those who are in the position to authorize codify that's a, that's a that's a word that we've heard recently codify um, legislate or bring about law right what the US Supreme Court did with Roe versus Wade is a matter of principalities the principles involved are the US Constitution the matter involved is whether or not the Constitution gives the specific right to an abortion in, 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 the, in the amendments of the Constitution, the court determined, no, it does not. It's a matter of principalities. Um, so, when the Bible's telling us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, all through the world, there are governments and rulers of governments and rulers of nation that are against Christianity. You can't just take a Bible to some places in the world. You can't just go street preaching some places in the world. You can't go uh, giving out Bibles, starting churches, telling people about Jesus some places in the world. Principalities. We're wrestling against principalities. Against powers. Now, again, I take that as anybody who is doing the works of the devil in their life is a power being used by Satan against Christianity if you're either for Jesus or you're against Jesus you're either serving God or you're serving the devil 
if you're serving yourself, you're serving the devil. Um, so you're either making things easier for the children of God, or you're making things harder. Trust me, you're 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 on one side or the other here, um, and that's just the way it is. So any human being can be used as a power. Um, and, and again, we're wrestling against principalities, and we're wrestling against powers. We're wrestling against all of the demonic strongholds that Satan has used to oppress people that are living in unbelief, who are not saved and living in sin. Somebody that doesn't have biblical moral standards and values and knowledge and wisdom engrafted into their life. Um, they haven't been raised to know it. They haven't. They have. They're not in a home that shares that with them. They're, they don't. They don't know any better. They're in ignorance. That person has likely adopted the beliefs and values of the world system, and those things are against Christ. All right. World. Uh, we think about spiritual wickedness i think it's again it says against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places all right we think about uh rulers of darkness in this world basically is those under demonic influence that have been placed in charge of satan's worldly business people that satan's is using all right, spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, this wickedness is a little bit different because it says it's a spiritual wickedness, and it's a wickedness that it, in 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 um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Imposes itself in the realm of divine authority. In other words, it's a demonic influence that is taking charge of worldly religion. Hello. There's a lot of religion in the world that's leading people straight to hell and it's leading them as far away from a real relationship with Christ as any other thing can. So, those are what we're wrestling against. We're wrestling against false religion. We're wrestling against those who are in charge of Satan's business on earth, those who have control, uh, those who have power. We're wrestling against um, the powers of Satan that have um, that are coming at us through the people that Satan has strongholds over. And we're wrestling against the principalities, those people that are, you know, those things that are coming down from way above in the hierarchies of society, those people that can pass laws, legislate, dictate uh, law, and, and that kind of thing. So then, so we have that, and then we go a little further. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. <clears throat> so we have the front line of combat. We understand the enemy, how he's operating, but then we have his tactics, the wiles of the devil. Wiles, and uh, in Greek is methodia, where we get the word method. Okay, um, so think about it's the methods of the devil. It's how he operates. It's his cunningness. It's his deceitfulness. It's his craftiness. It's his trickery. Um, 
the word in translation actually goes on to mean um, follow up, investigate by method, a settled plan to follow craftily, um, the framing of devices against and deception. So we're right back to no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. It's talking about the wiles of the devil. You must have the whole armor of God. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Then we go on um, a little bit further. I'm trying to find my place. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Um, now it's going to go into the equipment that we've been given. So, I'll read these to you. It says here, uh, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So there's two different things. There's the girdle of truth. There's the breastplate of righteousness. Now this this is this is we're gonna get into serious business here. Okay, Christianity. Hello, Christians. We're supposed to stand for truth. So if somebody is living a lie, or if they're not accepting the truthfulness of the Bible and what it says about them, this Bible is the mirror. We're looking at ourselves in the mirror. What does it say about us? If what it says brings us conviction that what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're saying, how we're behaving is wrong, the Bible is right, we are wrong, we need to repent and get right with God. We need truth in our life. You know what's wrong with society right now is everybody's trying to distort the truth. But God doesn't distort the truth. It's very interesting. Um... You know, as we kind of note each piece of armor here, the first is the first in the list is this girdle of truth. And so, think about the time frame, right? Um, you know, look at the Roman soldier. That's uh, probably what this is going to fashion after when you think about all these elements to the armor. Okay, so this girdle. You think about it, it's necessary in order to hold all of the rest of the armor in place. Okay, so the soldier might be furnished with every other part of the equipment, but without the girdle, he would neither be fully clothed nor securely armed. Um, the girdle is not just a mere adornment of the soldier, like a belt, right? But it's an essential part of the equipment. It passes around the loins and by the end of the breastplate, and it supports the sword. It's of special use in keeping other parts in place and securing the proper um, soldierly attitude and freedom of movement. In other words, it helps all of the armor move in unison with the soldier so he has liberty of movement. Um, and when you think about truth, as it's mentioned here, it's referring to the truthfulness is found in a Christian. The truthfulness must be in us. We have to accept who we are, where we are, and what God already knows about us. And we need to accept the truth of it. The truth is, Brother Brian was a sinner in need of Jesus. 
I can't get the forgiveness. I needed salvation. I went to Jesus for salvation. Then the truthfulness is all these things in my life aren't right with God. And I need to get them right by repenting and confessing and asking the Lord for the transformation to live the way I'm supposed to be living. And then there's the maintenance phase of my walk with Christ. And that assumes that just because God's helped me with something once doesn't mean I won't need help with it again. Maybe even again and again and again or as many times as necessary. The truthfulness as found in a, cre in a Christian, a believer whose life is tainted with deceit and falsehood forfeits the very thing which holds all of the other pieces of armor together. If you're not going to live for truth, we don't even have to talk about the shield, the sword, the helmet, the feet, because you're not living in truth, so none of the rest of the armor is going to hold itself together. You're not going to be able to move forward for God anyway. It starts with the truth. The truth is the first thing. That's why it's mentioned first. It's the first thing that we need is the truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If we don't accept the truth of the gospel, if we don't accept the truth of the Bible, and don't act on it as truth in our lives, as relevant truth, then we don't even need to get into the other stuff. Because you're going to get destroyed. But if you accept the word of God and you accept who Christ is and you accept who you are, where you are, and what God knows about you, then you stand on truth. Then we move forward to the next piece. So we have the truth. And then the second piece is mentioned in the same verse. In verse 14. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this one is, is interesting to me. So, the Bible tells us, guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it is the issues of life. We need to guard our hearts, right? This breastplate of righteousness, it's a breastplate, so it does what? It protects our heart. It's a breastplate made of what? Of righteousness. Now here's a twofold thing I want to share with you. The righteousness of Christ is our breastplate. Because the righteousness of Christ is imparted to the believer, meaning it's given to us through our faith in Him. But now here's another one. When we choose individually as Christians to live for righteousness and to do right, we're protecting our heart from, corrupt, from corruptive influence. Uh, the breastplate of righteousness, it can speak of right acts, activities, right attitudes, right motives, right behavior right speech, right dress, the right entertainment, the right friendships, the right relationships, come on, the right fellowships, all these right things as practiced by the believer. The breastplate protects the heart of the soldier. The unrighteous acts committed by a Christian, come on, the wrong relationships, the wrong uh fellowship, the wrong entertainment, the wrong music, the wrong movies, um, the wrong things that we're not supposed to be doing, the wrong speech, the wrong attitudes, the wrong morals and motives, the wrong things committed by Christian rob him of the vital protection and expose the spiritual heart to Satan himself. Think about the uh, We'll go to a couple other places here. Look at it. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, 22. Hebrews 10, 22. 
In Hebrews 10:22 it says this, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That sure sounds like the right acts by the believer is directly connected to the conscience to that man's conscience having um, a direct impact on the full assurance of his faith in other words if you're not living right and you're choosing to live in sin it's only a matter of time until you start doubting your own salvation because you don't have the full assurance of faith because you're living in a guilty conscience all the time. You're still in bondage. You're not living in the full liberty of Jesus Christ and what he's offered you. So think about that. That's we're going to get this is spiritual warfare. So we've got to address the the deep parts of this. Go also to James over just a couple pages in your Bible. Go to James. Look at chapter 1. And look at verse 26, James 1, 26. And it reads, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. If our heart's not right, a lot of the things we do is nothing but vanity. That's something. I, want, I don't want to labor in vain. I don't want the things that I'm doing to be in vain. I want my heart to be right with God. But for my heart to be right, I have to have a right attitude. I have to have the right fellowship. I have to have the right um, acts in my life. The right speech. Um, you know, I've got to treat my wife right. I have to treat my children right. I have to treat my coworkers right. I have to treat my boss right, my pastor right, my friends right. I have to do right by them. And most importantly, i got to do right by my testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ and not expose my spiritual heart to Satan. So we'll go on. Um, but there's something to think about. Then it says, Stand therefore... Hold on. Verse 15, sorry. And, you, yeah, I have to start over at 14. It doesn't sound right just starting in the middle of that. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. All right? Here's the third thing. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, I thought this was fascinating. So I'm trying, you know, we've all heard these verses. And we're all probably applying them in our lives. And we've... You know, we've heard different messages on it and stuff. I'm trying to find some different perspectives. Um, I found this out of my Wilmingtons. I love this book. Um, but the sandals of the gospel, the Roman soldier uh, wore sandals which were bound by thongs. Okay. Um, and that's talking about the, uh, the straps on it. Over the instep and around the ankle. And the soles were thickly studded, I love this, with nails. This gave him a firm footing in time of attack. And so this um, piece of the armor refers to the assurance and confidence which comes from knowing the great doctrinal truths associated with the gospel. I, I thought about that, and I thought that was deep, so I wanted to share it with you because it's very true. Like, you have a firm footing 
if you have um, knowledge of the great doctrinal truths of the Bible. That's why we're supposed to study it. It's the most valuable resource we have. Um, and so, uh, you know, we've got we've got the truth, the individual Bible passages, scriptures, verses. Those are like the nails in the sandal to keep our grip in time of attack so that we don't lose our footing, so that we don't slip. But I also thought, you know, I think about the feet shot of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why is the gospel referred to as the gospel of peace? Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ, he made peace with God for us through the blood of his cross. So when a man comes to know Jesus as Savior, peace then comes between that man and God because his sins have been forgiven and that sin debt has been lifted off of him. Um, and that's making peace with God. That's the ministry of reconciliation that the Bible talks about. Um, but you, we have to be able to stand with our footing, gripped in with the truth of the gospel in order to do it. But also, I think about the importance of sharing our faith. So, this is another thing. This is just personal insight. Mature Christians, once we've been walking with the Lord for a while... It can become very easy to stagnate in our faith. Um, if that begins to happen, a lot of things can creep in that we at one time had victory over. We can start to wrestle with things like unforgiveness. We can start to have problems at church. We can start to have a hardness in our heart. We can start to have problems in our marriage. We can start to have this and that because we start to develop wrong attitudes because we're now stagnating, we're not growing, we're not moving forward, and we're not staying on fire for God, other things creep in and begin to render us uh, not useful or hinder our usefulness to the church, to the gospel, and to our Lord. <clears throat> Can I give you the number one thing that really counters this? Is sharing your faith with others. It's called soul winning. Now, I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and give you a message that you need to go knock on every door in your neighborhood and try to get people on their front porch to pray a prayer of salvation. But soul winning is done in your everyday life. God has a mission field for you. When you tell people about Jesus, even when it's uncomfortable, even if you hand them a track, even if it's a card from your church with your pastor's name on it and the gospel on the back, you hand it to them as something as quick as God loves you, Jesus died for your sins, I want to give you this. Reach out to our church. We've got the gospel on the back of it. I'm going to point that out to you. Anybody can get saved. You just have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Confess to him your sins and ask him for salvation. And he will save you. It's We don't complicate it. But here's what happens. It stirs you up spiritually. And it keeps you going stronger for the Lord. Because it keeps that sense of responsibility going in the in, in the kind of in the not I wouldn't say in the back of your mind, more in the forefront of your Christian experience. As you know, as you're out sharing the gospel with others, you have the responsibility to live it in your everyday life. Show the commitment that you have. Be the example to those that you're witnessing to. Remember, if you fail, if you fall, if you get if you go the wrong direction. There's other people looking up to you that you're going to hurt. 
that sense of responsibility is the burden that Jesus expects us to case every man bear his own burden bear your cross deny yourself and follow him one act of self-denial is sharing the gospel with others it'll keep you strong I promise you it will try it try giving out five to ten tracks per week to people you don't know just as you pass by in the mall in the grocery store maybe at your job I've got it easy I'm a truck driver truck stop I see thousands of people a week that I'll never see a second time that's as easy as it gets it's much harder when you're dealing with your neighbors your people you go to school with whatever right because you, you you always have to see them again but plant those seeds and and you will get a blessing from that it'll help you stay strong in the Lord uh, another verse on this look at first Peter if you will go to first Peter chapter 3 first Peter chapter 3 and look at verse 15 I have somebody calling me but I'm not going to get that right this second alright you know once I start talking about the Lord in my podcast when all the interruptions are going to come so just bear with me but it says here in first Peter chapter 3 verse 15 but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Isn't that amazing? It's a sanctification of God in your heart. Being prepared always to give any man at any time basically a reason for the hope that's in you. But do it with meekness. Right? We want to do it with meekness and fear. And those are important. Um, the attitude that we have when we share the gospel with others is extremely important but that's a lesson for another day let's go on let's uh let's keep going with these elements i hope i'm enjoying this lesson i hope that you are too um the next piece that we have back in ephesians chapter six and your feet shot at the preparation of the gospel of peace i love this above all taking the shield of faith it, notice the shield is is above the sword uh, in in its in its rank. Above all, taking the shield of faith, meaning that shield, the defensive piece of armor, is more important than the sword, the offensive piece of armor. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Listen, the darts are going to come. There's nothing we can do about it. But that shield of faith is what's going to protect us. The shield, um, the shield is actually a piece of heavy infantry. It was a large oblong shield, is what they used at that time. Um, actually, four feet by two feet by one and a half feet in dimensions, um, and curved on the inner side. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. But if you want to know the power of that shield and what it's capable of. Will you read Hebrews chapter 11? Um, matter of fact, let's just turn there. Hebrews chapter 11. Um, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. So through faith you get a good report, good reputation. 
Uh, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So through faith we believe on the word of God, the accounts of God's word it, for the entire history of man, right? By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. So by faith we worship God in faith. By Enoch, all right, you, we know Enoch in verse 5 of Hebrews 11. Um, he lived and then he was basically raptured. He was translated without seeing death. Why? Because he walked with God. So by faith we walk with God. Noah, the accounts of the ark, by faith we um, believe in God. We believe in God's word and then we put our faith in action by preparing for what God has told us to prepare for. Abraham and Sarah receiving the promises of God. It just go through all that. That is all done through faith in our life that's what the importance is and if we are living in faith that shield is up and it's protecting us it is hard to shake a person of faith from their foundation if they're truly standing on the word of god amen uh we keep going here so above all shield of faith verse 17 take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god the helmet protecting the mind the bible tells us be transformed by the renewing of your mind it tells us that we can renew our mind daily that the mercies of god are renewed day by day we need to pray lord renew my mind listen the brain is so important the mind is so important mental exhaustion wearing yourself out mentally leaves you vulnerable to satan attacking the thoughts trying to get into your mind okay trying to um, tear you down mentally because if your mind it, listen a lot of our acts of obedience are decided in our mind okay so we make that decision how many decisions does a person make every day if your mind if you get mentally exhausted in the battle You'll make a mistake if you get mentally exhausted you you will um you might make a decision to do the wrong thing or you might lack the strength to follow through with what your mind is telling you you know is right and sin can get in you have to protect your mind i, I like the there's a verse in the bible it says um to think on these things um where is that Oh man, let me think. I want to say it's in Philippians. I thought so. No, it's not in Philippians. Where? I guess it does kind of say that. Uh, yeah, Philippians. Yeah, that's not exactly what I was looking for. Talking about having the same mind as Christ had. Uh, man, why can I not think of this? Think on these things. Where is that? Uh... Timothy. 
Well, I can't waste up the uh, the podcast on that. I mean, I guess I could try to could try to get it out of the. Um, I apologize. It doesn't usually happen to me. But I it just came to me. I wasn't prepared for this verse. Um, but uh, I think it is uh, very relevant. It is in Philippians. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So, I hope you you caught that. Um, but think on these things. That's Philippians 4.8. Sorry it took me so long to come up with that. But, you know, when God tells you to go a certain direction, you ought to go there. And I didn't want that to slip away. So, we got it. We grabbed it. Um, but the, that's the, the significance of protecting the mind. Okay? Um, so, we've talked about that. And now you have the sword of the spirit, right? Um, the sword of the spirit is the only offensive weapon listed, although I consider prayer a weapon. Um, and that it does say that in, in, a, in a couple more verses. But it's the offensive weapon. Um, the rest are defensive in nature. But the sword of the spirit, it's identified. It tells us what it is. It's the word of God. And we know in Hebrews 4.12, it tells us that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Um, It's a discerner of the thoughts. It cuts deep right down to our heart. Amen. Um, The word of God. Um, And we're to take that whole armor. We're to take... um, We're to take it... Just like the Bible says, take up the whole armor of God. It's, it's, we put the armor on and we get the sword out and we get ready for combat because we're expecting to have the conflict. In other words, God expects us to use it. Um, take it up in order to use it. It's imperative. Um, it's a command. We are to be soldiers for Christ. We are to do this. We are to fight back. We are to fight in our Christian life to live for God, to protect ourselves against all these things. So we've got the sword of the Spirit, we've got the Word of God, you've got the resources, putting it in action, verse 19, or verse 18, and the importance of it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You know why that's there? Because we're not to do anything without praying. Prayer will tell us what battles to fight, what battles to avoid, how to use the armor pieces, which pieces are best suited for certain circumstances, when to use the sword, when not to cut somebody down with the sword. It's all about the wisdom, the battle plan, the path to success, the path to victory, all that will come through the prayer. And you know what happens when we pray in our circumstances? Oftentimes, when we pray, God fights that battle for us. We don't even have to get a dent on the armor. We don't even have to scuff 
the shield. We don't even have to nick the sword because we've put it in the hands of the one who would rather fight that battle for us. But there are some battles God wants us to fight, some that he wants to fight for us. Prayer gives us the discernment to recognize the difference. Folks, I can't add anything more to this lesson today. I think it's been a good one. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned from it. I hope you've got your armor on. I hope you've got everything ready to go for this spiritual warfare. Because guess what? We can't avoid it in our Christian life. It's been a blessing to go through Ephesians chapter 6 with you. I hope you've gotten a lot out of it. I know I have. It stirred me up. I hope it stirred you up. Let's move forward together. And let's get some victory in combat against our enemy. Amen. Let's pray out. Father, I thank you, Lord, for giving us the resources we need to stand and at times to defend ourselves and maybe even at other times to fight back. Lord, we're thankful for every battle you fight for us, but we're thankful for the ones that you want, that you want us to fight on our own that you haven't left us defenseless, Lord. You've given us everything we need, according to your word, to be victorious on the battlefield, to be good soldiers for Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We ask that you help us apply this word to our lives. Help us be the best that we can be for you, because you're worthy of it, Lord. You're worthy of all praise, of all honor, and of all glory. Bless everyone that listens to the podcast. Help me, Lord. As I go throughout my day, we need you, we love you, we thank you. We just ask for your blessing this time, Lord. Bless everyone until we meet again on the podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for tuning in to the Seeking Refuge podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next time.